Today on Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Ballmer, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne in Melbourne, Florida. Some of you say, well, I can't be free to my past. I'm always going to have to dwell on my past. What was the word I said to you this morning? God said, I'm not a God of the past. I'm doing a brand new thing in you this morning. And right now your mind's saying, he can't do a new thing in me. That's from Satan. So what do I do with that thought? I take it captive. I don't play it. You say, I don't have the power to do that. Yes, you do. You recognize the thought. You say in your heart, I'm not going there. Now, you can't stop the thought from coming, but you can stop playing it. In today's message, we'll learn that when we're forgiven, we're free. No longer is that sin held against us. Sure, we might still feel the consequences of our sin, but we know that because of Jesus, we can walk as new creations in Him. Pastor Mark will make a great point today. He'll share with us that we are products of our past, not prisoners. You see, our past does have a bearing on who we are. However, we don't have to be held in bondage to our past. Through the blood of Jesus, we can be cleansed and forgiven. We can walk in the newness of His salvation. We can be free. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. I'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, let's join Pastor Mark in the book of Isaiah, chapter 43, verse 18. As he concludes our message entitled, It's Time to Forget. And the only way to be free is to forgive and allow God to help you to forget. And that's what I want to study this morning. You see, many of you sitting out there this morning, your focus is on your past. You haven't been able to let it go. I want to show you, through the power of God's word, how to be set free. Not just a Christian, but to learn to forgive and be set free. Now, We are all products of our past, but God doesn't want us to be prisoners of our past. Listen to this verse, Isaiah 43. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I, God, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. You see, if I can learn to forget... The past, in the sense that we don't allow these past sins and failures and hurts to keep us from experiencing God's best for today. That's where freedom is. Quit living in the past. That is not you. God is not in the past. God is in the now. And I have to learn to do this. Now, here's the problem. Here's a powerful verse that's very small in the Bible, but it's the key to everything. You see it here in Proverbs 23, verse 7. For as he thinks within himself... So is he. As you think within yourself, man or woman, that's who you become. As you think, as she thinks within herself, so she is. You see, my mind is powerful. And I become what I think. I'm a product of my thought life. In my mind, in my heart. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. 
How I think about things in my heart and mind is how I'm going to react emotionally and how I'm going to walk, how I'm going to live this life. So it's all here. It's in this area. Turn with me in your Bibles, if you will, to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Uh, New Testament, keep your finger. We'll be back to Genesis in a moment. Five or six books in in the New Testament. Now understand this. Our mind is the battlefield of life. If you're here this morning and a Christian, you're in a battle. And it's all about our minds. It's happening right here. All of this stuff is taking place right here. What have you been thinking about since I've been here? Some of you are already thinking about your big buffet lunch you're going to have and the dessert you're going to have for today and the ice cream and a pie and a pecan pie. You, get... you haven't heard anything I said. <laughs> well, you're already lost. It's gone. But see, what goes on here affects how we live. Now, we're in a battle. We're in a spiritual battle. God's goal for you is to get your mind settled on him. He wants you to focus and allow the truth of his word to get you to think right. In 2 Corinthians, verse 10, we see something interesting. Notice, 2 Corinthians, excuse me, 10, verse 4. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have, circle these words, divine power. In other words, in this warfare, it's kind of unseen. I'm in a battle against Satan. Now, if you're not a Christian, you're not a battle against Satan. You're already on his team. You've already lost. And as you change sides, there's only two places to be. You either serve God or you serve Satan. If you've never accepted the Lord, you're already in Satan. So you're not in a battle. He's already got you. But you're here this morning because God's saying, would you like to be free? Notice, as a Christian, I have God living in me. And so I have divine power, notice, to demolish strongholds. Not to dent them, but to demolish those strongholds. What is a stronghold? Write these down. Two things that are strongholds this morning. Stronghold. Anything that's contrary to God's will or God's word. Anything. And basically, they usually float down into personal lies from Satan about you. Now... What part do I have in it? Next verse. We demolish, circle the word we. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, everything that's against the word of God, and circle the word again. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. What does that mean? Satan comes to us, and he comes to us with this past, either a sin or a hurt. When he comes to us, We need to be mature enough in our life, and Satan will say this. I'll use an example. Well, what that guy's saying, that won't work. The minute you hear that, you need to go, that thought isn't from God. Some of you say, well, I can't be free to my past. I'm always going to have to dwell on my past. What was the word I said to you this morning? God said, I'm not a God of the past. I'm doing a brand new thing in you this morning. And right now, your mind's saying, he can't do a new thing in me. That's from Satan. So what do I do with that thought? I take it captive. I don't play it. You say, I don't have the power to do that. Yes, you do. You recognize the thought. You say in your heart, I'm not going there. Now, you can't stop the thought from coming, but you can stop playing it. And I take captive. 
But here's the problem. Many times we understand that we take that thought captive, but we don't finish it. Look at this next statement. We must replace the lies of Satan with the truth of God's word. You see, my mind, except maybe when I'm sleeping and sometimes it's not there, my mind isn't blank. It's always working. That little computer is always on. It's always thinking. So if I take this thought captive, I have to replace it with the truth. Because what I've just taken captive was a lie from Satan. So I must replace it with the truth. Notice, notice. We choose how we think. Some of you are out there and Satan, and you're saying, I can't get past my past. That's just all I think about. I have no choice. That's a lie from Satan. He's a liar. God said, I'll give you the power. You, we fight. He says right here, the weapons we fight with are not weapons on the country. They have divine power to demolish that stronghold. God will do it. Now, that's the key that I went back to earlier. We will never continue to be free until we know the word of God and apply it constantly. That's why you can't come to a six-week series. Go back, live in your life. Go back and, and, and listen to Oprah and listen to the evening news and listen and read books that are not biblically based. Five people you meet in heaven. Great story. Totally unbiblical. You see, you must know the word of God. That's why we're here. We teach the word here. And that's what sets us free. Now, the word is the sword of the spirit. Look at this. Ephesians chapter 4. Just write it down. Throw off your old evil nature and your former way of life. By the way, what was our life's like before? Well, it's rotten through and through full of lust and deception. That'll take care of that good thing that everybody's good. No, I was kind of a lousy person without God. I only thought of myself. If I could take advantage of you, boy, would I do it. See, that's my old nature. Notice. That's not who you are. That's your past. Throw it off. Well, what do I do then? Instead, there must be spiritual renewal of your thoughts and attitudes. You must display a new nature because you are a new person created in God's likeness, righteous, holy, and true. Some of you say, I can't be that. You are that. Believe it. That's what God's made you. Did you deserve it? No. But he gave it to us. Old things are passed away. All things have become new. Notice it's your thoughts. I can't be there and say to you, here comes one, grab it, grab it, go. You'd like me to go home with you. Here comes another one, grab it. No, that one's okay. You can think that. No, grab that one. No, you have to do that. You can't ask for your wife to say, honey, I'm going to sleep a few hours. If a thought comes, you grab it for me, would you please? What is that? By the way, you'll be in for marriage counseling. You'll have more things to worry about. No, you must grab it. Well, Pastor Mark, how do I know the truth? Hello? It's what we're teaching. Everything in the Bible is truth. It's all truth. Next verse. And now, dear brothers and sisters, let me say one more thing as I close this letter. Here's what happens in our lives. Most of us have kind of a negative thinking pattern. So how can I change that? I have to get to the place in my life, and God's really been doing something to me in the last two months. I'm a perfectionist. Everything's got to be exactly right. Well, it ain't exactly right in my life. And so sometimes I get frustrated with myself. So God's really been doing a work in me. In your life this morning, you have to find a way, when Satan brings that thought, 
to remember it. It's not what you want to hear. And then you have to replace it with something. Well, how do I do that? Let me give you a suggestion. I'm going to give you, I think I've got six things, but it's not about me. You have to get principles from the Word of God. Listen to me very carefully. And you have to write them on five by seven cards or in a sheet or in the front of your computer. Instead of that screen being the fish, blah, 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 all over, put a Word of God there. <laughs> See, some of you got out of bed this morning. Here's the way it goes. This is the day that the Lord has made. I'm going to be grumpy and hate the whole day. That's the way you got out of bed. Well, what is the truth of the word? This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Now, some of you are going to have to take the verse the way it really reads, write it down and put it on the bathroom mirror. Because grumpy needs to read it while he's shaving. (laughs) Miss grumpy needs to read it while she's shaving. If nothing changes, tell me. Nothing changes. Well, Pastor Mark, it can't be that simple. It is. You have to replace the lies of Satan with the truth of God's word. You have to do it. When Satan comes with a lie, what are the kind of things I can repeat? No weapon formed against me will prosper. God has a good plan for my life. God has promised never to leave me no matter what. I am more than a conqueror because God loves me. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. See, this isn't a mind game like, well, this is going to be a great day. There's never going to be another hurt in my life. Everything's going to go exactly perfect. No, some of you get up in the morning and go, I know I'm going to have a flat tire in the garage. I know I'm going to have a flat tire in the garage. It's going to be there. Some of you at AAA parking out front every morning just in case you have that flat tire. So if I put this into practice, will I ever have a flat there? For sure. Probably in the worst place in the whole world. But God's plan for me is still good. And he hasn't left me. And I'll make it through that one. No weapon formed against me can prosper. You say it can't be that easy. It is that easy. It's our minds. God will never give me more than we can handle together. You will keep me in perfect peace as I focus on you. Man, that's it. Now let me give you this morning six keys how to forget Get your pencils ready. Write them down. Some of you never write. You never take a note. Let me challenge you this morning. If you don't take a note, by about Tuesday, 90% of this is gone. Then you wonder, well, how'd that happen? It's because our minds are active with other things. So learn to take notes. That's why you need to get a DVD and tape and listen to it again and again and again. If you take notes, it lasts much longer. Here we go. Number six. Number one. Don't dwell in the past. God has forgiven and forgotten. Don't dwell on it. Number two, ask for God's power to stop thinking of the past. You have to do that. Number three, choose. Choose to think on the truths of God's word. To do that, you have to know the word. Number four, God is in the present. Join him by faith and obedience. God doesn't care about your past. It's forgiven. It's forgotten. He's the God of the now. Number five. God is doing a new thing in your life today. Focus on the now. Focus on the new thing God's doing in your life this morning. And number six. We break the power of the past by living in God's power today. I can't do it alone. But I break it by living in God's power right now.
today. Those of you who have your Bibles, turn with me to Genesis 40. Now, Joseph's in prison. He's doing good. He's rised up again. The head guy in prison says to him, well, you're a pretty good guy. I'm going to move you from down here, just an average prisoner, to up here. There's a principle here. You see, some of you won't be happy until God puts you in perfect circumstances. There aren't many places that are perfect circumstances. Unless you learn to be useful and happy where God has you, you'll stay there. Joseph's in prison. Totally wrong. Shouldn't be in prison. Did the right thing. Got thrown in prison. But he's forgiven Potiphar's wife. And he's left the hurt go. Well, by God's providence, all of a sudden, Pharaoh gets mad at two people. His baker and his cupbearer. They're thrown into prison. There with Joseph. I'm going to paraphrase all these chapters for you. They go to sleep one night and have a dream. And they have a dream and they can't figure out what the dreams are on. Now remember, Joseph had a dream. And his dream about people bowing down to him, he's in prison. And they, they say, we, we had these dreams, but we, we don't know how to handle them. Can anybody even tell us what the dreams are? And if you'll look, uh, verse 8. We both had dreams, they answered, but there is no one that can interpret them. Then Joseph said to them, do not interpretations belong to God. Tell me your dream. You see, if Joseph would have been in prison and he would have been bitter and resentful and angry and mad, he'd have been useless to God. But he says to those two guys, I've got over the herd of Potiphar's wife. I got over the herd of my brothers in the past. I don't live in the past. I live now. You got two dreams? Well, I guess God's going to use me here. See, God can't use you if you feel with bitterness and resentment. And notice, humbly, he says, I can't give you the answer, but my God can. Now, remember where he's at. He's not at the prison of First Baptist or Calvary Chapel. He's in a pagan nation, doesn't even believe in God. So he gives them the story. Here's what he says to them. Uh, Baker, in three days, you're going to go back to the kingdom, to Pharaoh. You're going to be killed. A cupbearer, guy that tastes the wine before the get, you're going to go back, and he's going to rehire you again. It's never going to be all right. And then, then we see that at the end of the story. Notice uh, verse 14. Joseph says this. When you go back, he says to this cupbearer, remember me. He's trying to kind of work his thing. He says, when you go back, tell Pharaoh, I'm here and I shouldn't be here. Please remember me. Well, everything did exactly as Joseph said. Skip on down to verse 23. The cupbearer goes. The baker is killed. The cupbearer is alive. But look at verse 23. The chief cupbearer, however, did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. Here's the next hurt. Now, how long will this man forget about Joseph and tell the Pharaoh that he's really done good? And he probably should have another hearing. How long will Joseph be forgotten? The next chapter, verse 1, gives you the answer. How long? Two years. Watch me. I'm Joseph. I'm in jail. I shouldn't be in jail. I just did a really good thing in interpreting two dreams, gave all the glory to God. And for the next 700 plus days, every single morning, it's this miserable prison again. Nothing happening in my life. Where are you, God? What happened to the cupbearer that was going to remember? He didn't even thought about me. No, Joseph doesn't get like that. Joseph doesn't imprison himself. And I don't have time to develop it this morning. Joseph's in weight training. He could have said, God, where are you here? Two years. Well, what happens? After these two years, Pharaoh gets a dream. <laughs> God's amazing, isn't he? And he has this dream. And he remembers it. And he can't find any wise men in Egypt that can say, here's what it means. And all of a sudden, <laughs> 
the cupbearer goes, bing. He said, you know, there was a guy in prison. Oh, man, I forgot. And he says to Pharaoh, here's a guy that told me everything I could, I could ever know. So they sent for Joseph. He has to shave, clean up, and he comes before Pharaoh. I'm summarizing for you. He comes before Pharaoh. Pharaoh says, here's my dream. And Joseph says like this, I can't interpret it for you, but my God can. Now, this is to the highest person in a pagan country. And he says, I can't do it, but my God can. You see, if Joseph would have been angry and bitter, not used, but he learned to forgive and forget, leave the past behind and get on with life. What does Joseph do? He interprets the dream. The dream was this, that there was coming seven years of incredible abundance and then seven years of a worldwide famine. And so Joseph says to Pharaoh, plan from God. You need to take 20% of everything that's grown in the next seven years and put it in storage. Because after that, it's disaster for the next seven years. And the whole world, including Egypt, will be able to eat out of this storage. Pharaoh goes, wow. Pharaoh says in verse 33, because Joseph says you need to get somebody wise to put this plan into action. Chapter 41, verse 33. Look what he says. And now let Pharaoh look for a discerning and wise man and put him in the charge of the land of Egypt. Because God, Joseph is living in forgiveness, God gives this plan that eventually is going to save the whole world. Look down in verse 38. Actually, verse 37. The plan seemed good to Pharaoh and all his officials. So Pharaoh asked them, can we find anyone like this man? Here's what you want to circle in your Bible. One in whom is the Spirit of God? Here's the key. Joseph, because of being forgiven and allowing the hurts to go and forgetting them, Joseph is filled with God and filled with the Spirit of God. He's not filled with unforgiveness, bitterness, and unresolved hurts. Verse 44. What a difference a day makes. Joseph that morning starts in prison. Where is he by the afternoon? Look at verse 44. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, by the way, you're the man. I am Pharaoh, but without your word, no one will lift hand or foot in all of Egypt. You know what verse came to me immediately? Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all, we could even ask or think. You see that mind this morning in prison wasn't like this. Here we are, 723 days. I'm counting them, God. Where are you? No, he'd forgiven. He was serving God in the prison. That afternoon, second in command of the world. That's impossible. Yeah, that's God. Why? Because his thinking process was right. He left the past behind. The past was the past. What do you expect tomorrow? It's all here. It's in our mind. How did it happen? Well, we know how. Because in that chapter 41, Joseph names his son Manasseh. Because God made me to forget. It's time to forget today. Oftentimes, we look at our past with regret. There's nothing wrong with seeing the error of our ways. However, we can't allow our past to hold us back. We can't allow our old sinful lifestyle to imprison us. We need to acknowledge the fact that we've been forgiven and made new. 
And because of the life-changing grace of God, we can walk in victory over sin. We can do what is pleasing in our Father's sight. Again, thanks for joining us for this edition of Lessons for Living. It's our prayer that today's message from Pastor Mark was a blessing to you. There's so much going on at Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We want to be sure that you stay up to date. Become a Facebook friend with us at LessonsForLivingRadio.com. We've provided a link on the homepage. Also, you can follow us on Twitter at CalvaryCCM. Again, to become a Facebook friend or follow us on Twitter, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links. Next time on Lessons for Living, we'll discover what it means to walk in real freedom. Pastor Mark will explain to us that in order to do so, we need to understand that we've been forgiven. We need to realize that we are new creations in Jesus. Because of his sacrifice, we've been set free from the bondage of sin and death. No longer does our past hold us back, but his grace propels us forward. We wish we had more time today, but we'll have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through our series entitled, prison break. That's next time on Lessons for Living.